with uh, um, the psychotherapists, Rod Bryant, Rav Jor, and myself. Um, we're psycho, at notice, notice the psychotherapist. Notice, and now I psycho, got the joke. Uh, yes, psychotherapist. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, going to say emphasize the psycho part. Yes, I need, I need therapy, which is what it is. So my friends have come to help me because... Uh, uh, our topic on controversial topics here, we're talking uh, tonight about a question of uh, whether or not we believe, and uh, you can join us in that we, whether or not we believe in democratic governments, whether or not we believe in democracy as it relates to governments, and what does Judaism, what does the Torah say about this subject and even how does this relate to the nations and the nations uh, regarding laws re regarding government regarding courts as it relates to regulating laws etc so for me it's an interesting subject because i've been watching a trial that's been going on in the u.s and they're they're showing the trial live and I find it, I find those things very interesting. I've always been interested in law. Even when I was a small child, I actually remember, actually, when, when you even as I, a Even as a criminal. As a criminal. You and I, Rav Jor, when we, <laughs> when we visited the U.S. Uh, on that tour, we had stayed in Borough Park, where my father grew up. And, and my, my great-grandmother's house is one of the few houses that's still standing there that hasn't been redone. And I remember when I was about six years old at her shiva, when she was niftarah, uh, Leah Shalom, that um, one of my father's cousins was a big lawyer. And, and uh, he said to my parents, because I was outside talking to him on the porch, and uh, he said, you need to send him to law school because he has an answer for everything. Um, because I would ar argue points with people. So always been interested in the law. And I watched this because I very much believe in the law. It interests me. I think the rule of law is very interesting. And all of that relates to the subject that we're going to talk about, about this idea of um, laws, about courts. The Torah says a lot about the Jewish people and their, the necessity for having judges and having courts and how it works. And the Talmud has a lot of information on this, but there's also a lot of information as it relates to the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, the seven Noahide laws. And one of, the, one of the seven Noahide laws has to do with establishing courts. So I'm gonna throw it um, back to you guys. I think that, um we must realize that um, we're talking about um, a topic that is really controversial and the fact that it does not sound so controversial controversial and uh, like legit okay governments like the government yeah because we got used to have governments on our heads um that is the main sign that should um, wake up the like the the alarm so sound on us to realize how controversial this topic is because like we barely speak about it and even if we are we are so like numbed and asleep um under the the painkillers and the drugs that the governments are giving us all the time to get used to and to accept um this law of governments on our heads 
But how can that be that uh, someone is paying for his own water and for his own land and for his own trees? And uh, that is a curse in the Bible that Hashem is uh, describing the exile that we will pay for our water and we're going to pay for our land and we're going to pay for our trees while they're ours. In a free country, in a free land, a person does not need um, to pay for his own territory and, uh, and belongings and definitely not to pay taxes. And if the governments will come and tell you, no, listen, we're helping you, we're taking care of the environment and the law and the, the, you're right. I would happily give the amounts that really supposed to go to all those great services like I'm paying to any other business. When I go and buy milk from my friend that opened uh, a store, I will never tell him, no, man, you need to give me that milk for free. I am willing and happily will pay for the services, but it should be not under an authority of power that controls and threatens you that if you're not going to pay, they're going to do so and so to you. So also the police and the army should be in the service of the people and to fight with the real criminals, the ones who are hurting the public and not the ones who are hurting and threatening the government. So um, um, the government royalty. So um, <laughs> I want to kick uh, into this... Um, uh, into this discussion with this that really the redemption day is represented as the day of liberty of freedom um, many verses that are describing the real freedom from all authorities and uh, to those ones who are threatening oh but the rabbinical authority the, the, the religious rulers will take over. We're not taught freedom from secular uh, community and getting free by the religious rabbis or teachers. We are talking about real freedom um, from all human power authorities upon us and only the kingship of Hashem to free us. And here I'm coming to the like another bomb I want to throw. Do we have a replacement? Do we have any suggestions? Do we have any offer that we can offer? Okay, let's make a change. I'm not so sure that we're able. I think that it might be a horrible decree on our heads until the redemption day will come and the true king, the Mashiach Tzidkenu, the Messiah, will free us from all our cables, the physical and spiritual ones. Mm. You, you absolutely nailed that one. Um, we're living in this country, in America, a democratic republic. Israel is a representative government as well. Uh, the UK, many countries in the West. Um, I would say that uh, we've done our best to have a free society, but it wasn't too long after the constitution of this country that the very famous general and then president George Washington suppressed a whiskey rebellion uh, in the, the, not too far from the East Coast out toward Tennessee and uh, Virginia, West Virginia. And the reason why uh, they wanted to tax the whiskey. Now, it's funny that they threw tea in the 
Chesapeake or wherever uh, from the British to have the great tea party to demonstrate taxation without representation. But yet we were quick to start our taxes uh, just the way uh, that has been done. Now, mind you, I agree with you that I do believe that our, that every government, regardless of how bad or how good, uh, taxation is a way that we can provide services. But we also know and are very aware that our governments spend and blow so much money. They're so wasteful, and there's no way to make them accountable for it. And I do believe you're right. It would be nice to say that we wish we could have that kind of freedom today. But we don't, as societies today, have that kind of freedom that we think we do. I think we, in this country of America, we always think of ourselves as being really free people. And I would think the Israel, 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 Israeli Jews and uh, those in the UK think we're, we're very free. But it's like uh, boiling a frog. All you have to do is start it off in cold water and over time increase the heat. The frog will never jump out. And so what's happened over decades and centuries, slowly but surely, you're taxed and your freedom is limited uh, for the sake of appeasing a government. And I think the only answer is going to be a Mashiach, is going to be one who comes and helps to bring justice to all the nations, which is the epitome of what the Noahides are supposed to be doing, building courts of justice. So, so the interesting thing for me in, in what, what both of you are raising is this issue of first, in talking about the government and this idea of taxation, this idea, uh, something you said, Rav Dror, about this idea of the government taking care of you. So I think that this is a trap that a lot of people fall into uh, where Israel certainly in some ways um, uh, is guilty of this, and certainly the U.S. as well, of making people, they, we, we call it like a nanny state, where you make people dependent upon you. You make people dependent upon those government services so that people are raised up in, a, in an environment or a culture that already sets them up for that fall, for that trap, to fall into that trap. Well, you know, I don't have to worry about it. You know, if anything happens, the government will take care of me. And I remember that if you look at history in the U.S., for instance, uh, after World War II, one of the things that President Roosevelt did was he set up all these programs. And, and a lot of the reason why you see the older generation in the U.S. that still holds on to this idea of the difference between Democrats and Republicans being that the Democrats are for, you know, the working people and the poor people and the Republicans are for the rich is based on that history that Roosevelt is the one who turned it into a nanny state where he set up all these programs for people coming back from the war and saying, okay, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of you. Set up all these programs for people to be taken care of by the government. So that's, that's, the, f the first point that I wanted to make based on that. And then based on that verse you said, it's it's always interesting to me that we're when we talk about the Jewish people coming out of Mitzrayim, coming out of Egypt, you know, there's in, in not just in your name, Dor, which is related to freedom, but there's two other words for freedom, Cherut, which also, like you, you 
the root of one of the words you mentioned in that verse, cherut and chofesh. And, and oftentimes I've taught about this, that the difference between those two words and as it relates to coming out of Mitzrayim was that chofesh was just the first stage of the freedom that the Jewish people had when they came out under the from under the control of the Egyptians and were free. But true freedom, Cherut, only came when they came under the proper authority of Torah as given by Hashem. So I don't know that I have, you both suggested that ultimately the answer is Mashiach, Sidkena, when Mashiach comes. But there is the suggestion that really the only answer is that we shouldn't be talking about a democracy. We should, in fact, be talking about a theocracy. And the idea that the true authority that we're meant to follow is Hashem. Now, how we set up a government like that, how we set up a Torah government, of course, Israel, everybody's up in arms now and saying, oh, this government in Israel, you know, these right wing, you know, extremists, you know, want to force the Torah on us. It's not such a terrible idea, you know, at the end of the day, if you're talking about the, the real pure um, understanding of Torah as it relates to judges and courts and, and following things in the right way. So maybe it's time for for you to explain and for our audience audience to understand a little bit more about that law, uh, one of the seven laws of Ben Noach, of the Noachides about establishing the courts maybe that's uh, that's an idea maybe that's how we can like start rolling that ball okay right rod i i i would submit that that is the prime directive of all people not only the people the nations who follow the sheva mitzvot the, the seven mitzvahs or seven categories but also the jewish people and that is to work within their communities and their regions to uh, insist on proper courts of justice, proper courts of justice, uh, and using the guidelines that are found in the Torah that talks about judges need to be in a position not to be, uh, what do you call it, assuaged by money or popularity or fame. They need to be level-headed, full of wisdom and understanding. Uh, I, I'm not sure that we pick any judges using that criteria nowadays. And and then on top of that, if we would all seek seek serious justice, uh, then possibly we could turn this around. The issue is we are responsible for the governments that we get. And if we have a terrible government, especially I, I believe this is the footstep of any citizen of a country, if you've allowed the stuff to go awry, and if you've allowed your government to turn corrupt, then its citizens pay the biggest price, but they also pay a responsibility to fix the thing. And that's, God gave that responsibility to us as individuals. If you don't want tyranny, then don't allow tyranny. If you don't want taxation, don't allow the taxation. But the problem is there is a way of buying every person off. Now there's another side to justice I would like to hear spoke of to give a comparison to the people of the nations. If they knew what it would be like to live under a Torah system, they would be so happy to run toward it because it is the ultimate system of, of, of good reward and just judgment. And there is, there's, there's always a place looking 
for a way out, even if you've been convicted of some kind of crime. Could you imagine in this country if we had a tour law that said uh, you cannot be convicted with by murder on circumstantial evidence? Number two, you have to have a witness that witnessed it or two. And you also should have been properly warned by a very righteous law abiding citizen that what you were going to do is a crime. In this country, I would say two thirds of the people who are in jail would probably be, have to be dismissed. We allow in this country jailhouse snitches to witness against someone. That's against the Torah law. I and mean, we could go down here and list this stuff all day long, couldn't we? The, the main purpose of, like, the main, in, the main intention of a courthouse when they're sitting is to find ways how to make a how not to convict the person, how not to make him guilty. Like, uh, right. like to find ways to, to set him free and to educate him in his way of, of life. How about, how about the, uh, the, the, I just can't remember where it, it discusses this, but if a guy goes before uh, a court, Sanhedrin, say, for example, or a court of its elders, if everyone on the court judges against him, it may not have been a fair court. Do y'all remember this in Torah law? Where they had to have at least one person come to his defense in that, in the, uh, yeah. There, yeah there's I, a, there it, is. It's probably in Sanhedrin, if you're talking about from a Talmudic standpoint, it's definitely right, in Sanhedrin. Because, yeah. You could not have a total majority. It had to be at least one person who said, I've argued for his benefit, at least one, because if not, it would be considered a kangaroo court. Right. That's See, interesting, because we don't have that in our law system. Is no. there something that the public can do? Ira, do you, do you have something in mind? Like, okay, now everyone are like so trapped under the, the regular like way society being run by the governments, by, by the law, and like, how can one escape from that okay so you one can refuse taking the vaccines one can refuse sending his kids to school and he will homeschool his children one can decide he will dedicate his life to the torah against all um social like uh, environment around him like disagree with him and he will go against the stream and will teach his children only torah and on and on. okay so like you can find those like people but are those people making an effect? Is that the solution? Is that what the, the, the so, wisdom of truth is suggesting? So my answer is going to be very simplistic. And I, and I already had it in my note to say in the last little segment that I spoke about, you know, when, I'm, when I was talking about this idea of the nanny state and, and this idea of, you know, who, who you recognize as authority and, and the government basically allowing you to fall into the trap of looking to them to take care of you. If you look at the difference between the, the Sheva Mitzvot, the Noahide laws, and the Torah, the difference, the main difference is that the idea of establishing courts is based on common sense or the idea that's closer to nature. What I mean by you look out at nature and it's the idea of human nature, whereas the laws related to setting up courts for the Jewish people is based on the Torah. Now, that may seem like it's a, a, a vast 
chasm, but it really isn't. Because at the end of the day, when Noah came out of the ark, he and his family were the only ones that were alive. So in a way, we're all descendants of Noah, which means that we're all subject to those original laws that are related to common sense in nature, which means at the end of the day, and what's my simplistic answer? My simplistic answer is that in Judaism, we say that we're one organism, that we, we're responsible for each other. We have an obligation towards each other. To me, that's no different than the nations. And what we see happening in society is just the opposite. People have become so disconnected from other people. When we talk about history, when I grew up, I knew all my neighbors. Um, you know, we sat out at night during the summer, the kids played, the parents talked and chatted. Now people don't even say hello to each other. People on social media, it used to be that 25, 30 years ago, if you were a Democrat and a Republican, you could sit and, and, and break bread together and get along. Today, if you say that you're a Republican and the other one's a Democrat, you know, they throw you out of a store, they throw you out of their house, they won't allow you to, you know, to do work in their house or whatever. It's gotten to the point where we don't see ourselves as connected as holy souls. This is, I said this in another show that we did recently, that until we look at each other, not as physical beings that have faults and foibles and do things wrong sometimes, but recognize that we're all holy souls, that we're all neshamot, and look past that and, and realize that that's what connects us. That's my simplistic answer. That's going to be the difference that, that changes everything. It allows us to set up, you know. I want to add something about what you said. It's like it's um, kind of um, annoying me to think about it because <laughs> I think that like 50 years ago or 30 years ago, when people would say, I am a Republican, I'm a Democrat, they really had some principles, like they were really knowing what they were talking about. And back then, even though they were really different than their friends that also had a complete opposite opinion to theirs, they were able to break bread and eat and dine and be happy together. And today, when people are arguing about nonsense and fighting about things that were made up by other people that their agenda is only to control the publics and to make money on their backs and on the backs, mainly on the backs of their followers and not even on the other side's back. And uh, and people are willing to kill each other for those empty debates. So like false and lie um, is making people fight and not the dividing of the principles and the opinions. Like no one is really loyal to... Uh, anymore to those uh, to those rules I, can, I don't know if i can say it. no one yeah. but like the majority of the public are not even they never even been taught like your grandparents sat and taught your parents exactly about the principles of the republicans or the like it was a conversation in the house like the the flag meant something like all those things were 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 like on the table but today like people are just like fighting if like you you're gonna refer me as a female and if you won't so i'm i can sue you for not doing so like what are people we don't think about? people don't think critically anymore there's no critical thinking people don't think for themselves they look and 
you know, why should I think for myself when I can just go in and type in, what's the answer to this? And, you know, Google or Opera or, you know, uh, you know, or whatever Chrome or whatever browser you're using is going to come up and give you the answer. It's not the right answer. It's, it's whatever their algorithm and whoever it is that be, behind the curtain, the man behind the curtain wants you to have is the answer. No, of course, you're not a boy. You're really a girl if you feel that way. This is uh, a, a, a subject matter that could very easily be left open ended because we just don't have an answer. But I think the three of us really do have an answer. And we were we were born and put into this human body to affect uh, transformation and to draw down the, uh, the, the divine essence into creation. And we're here to improve things, not make it worse. And I realize, you know, of course, someone would say, well, you're not the poor Indian child living in a dump somewhere trying to eke out a living for your family. No, I'm not. But what I am saying is uh, societies only change when people want the change. And if people want the change, they have to develop the consciousness to know what is the difference between where they're at and where they want to be. And I'm not talking about revolution. I, I don't look. I, I hate war. Honestly, I hate war. And also and people don't have the power. People don't have the no. energy for war. People are struggling so badly in their right. own homes. People like fighting with apps on the phone and like go to rest because they can't handle their own mobile anymore. Right. So there's a huge movement right now in the English speaking world that I know of, of people that are not particularly religious one way or another, but uh, are attempting put it this way, they're not religious in the sense that they name themselves as being this religion or, or the other. But there is this huge movement of trying to get people around the world to recognize that there is one supernal being above all things. And that that one supernal being wants us to elevate ourselves and break out of this corruption that we see are surrounded by. And so my encouragement would be to everyone is do whatever you can to change your own mindset uh, don't don't allow people to rob you of your liberty no one victor frankl talked about this all the time i think ira you may have mentioned him on one of the first podcasts we did that you could you can imprison me you can you can uh close my mouth off with us sewing it up you can bind me but you cannot uh, take the liberty that I have within my neshama in my mind. You can't take it. So what does that mean? If we're going to start somewhere, it's got to be here and here. And we hope and pray that people will hear us from whatever part of the world they're listening and say, you know what? Let me change this person. You're not going to change the government, but you can change yourself. Most definitely. And I think that's where it begins. It's very simple stuff. Words to the heart. Amazing. That's definitely true. Just on a very technical, this is just on a technical note, you know, when you're talking about the nations, for instance, and you're talking about somebody who decides to be Ben Noach, you know, one of the things that the distinction is made is that you have to make a distinction between the person who 
thinks to himself, well, I'm going to follow those seven laws because it's because they reason in their mind that it's the right thing to do, as opposed to the person who follows those laws because it was commanded by the creator in the Torah. And that's the difference that our sages say that the one who, who just says, oh, by reason, uh, yeah, it sounds good. Those laws sound good. I think we should follow them. That person is not counted as uh, they're not counted as the righteous among the nations. And they're not. And, and, and I want to say that the important thing to, to recognize that I think is the most important thing that separates Judaism from the rest of religions, if you want to talk about religion, and I, I don't necessarily count us so much as a religion, but I think the thing that separates us the most is that we don't have, we're, we're the only group of people that say, you know what, follow this, follow righteousness, and you have a place in the world to come. We don't say that you have to believe like us, you have to live like us, you have to do what we do in order to, you know, have a place in the world to come. We say, just do this, just follow this, recognize that there's a creator, don't do idolatry, you know, don't blaspheme, don't, you know, establish courts, do all those things, which really, like I said at the beginning, if you look at it, makes absolutely sense. It's it's human nature to do these things. So it's not like some great obligation that we're expecting people to, to come to. But even if you look at Avraham, Avraham Avinu, our father of the Jewish people, what did he do? He looked at the world. He looked at the world around them. He looked at trees. He looked at birds. He looked at the sun. He looked at the moon. He looked at all these different things. And he said, there has to be a creator. There has to be a creator of the universe. So that has to be the starting point for everybody, whether Jew or non-Jew. You have to look around yourself and say, this, this is not some matrix that was put up. You know, we're not talking about a movie. This is reality. There has to be a creator of the universe. And, th and that starts it. On the, on the seven uh, Noahide mitzvot, the obligation for the nations, and like we are like also obligated in all those seven, I just... Think it's important to mention you usually going to compare okay the world are obligated to keep the seven laws of the noahides and the people of israel they're obligated in 613 mitzvot that's not true if you're going to look Correct. deep into the seven noahides obligation there are so many so Category. many categories underneath them that will obligate the committed person to the law to so many restrictions to so many amazing amazing like lanes on lanes and like areas that he can spend his life learning and observing and finding so many treasures in that path of life that like you will never feel the poverty of the 613 the, yeah, the the mitzvah of emunah, just to believe in Hashem, and like like simple mitzvah, like do you know what it means to believe and trust Hashem? That like to have uh, to be a faithful person that lives his life according to the faith. Like this is something that we're going to spend a lifetime uh, to to build in in our own lives. So um, 
I, I really like that uh, conversation today. I think that it's very important <clears throat> that people around us are very like um, in a great need of um, because of the great struggle with governments and with authority in general. So I think it was a very good choice. Um, actually, on that on that point that you made on this idea of categories, some of the sages actually talk about this and talk about how many how many laws it can actually expand out to these seven in categories. And if you think about it today, the I, sages I had the desire to expand. So the... <laughs> wait, so so I did some research on this. And if you take out the idea that we don't have Beit HaMikdash, we don't have a holy temple. So there are so many things that we can't do today based on that in the 613 that actually they're almost equal. The, if you take the categories of Sheva Mitzvot and expand them out and compare them to what we're able to do as Jews today, there is not a great difference in the number of Mitzvot between those people who choose to follow Hashem from the nations and those of us that are obligated to keep the Torah. There's not a big difference. Let me, let me add something to that because I really appreciate you bringing that up. That was something I actually wanted to bring up. And that idea is that uh, Hashem, out of his uh, loving kindness toward the nations, didn't require the nations to have a specific style of government. He's looking for courts of justice. He wants to see justice done. And That's he wants true. to see justice done through the auspices that there is one creator of the universe. Pretty simple. Your culture so maybe, so maybe a nice reform. So maybe, like, maybe to put the main power into the law system, uh, that should be the main, uh, the main direction. Like, leave the government it working. Let's build the courthouses. Let's really establish like the supervisor no, authority on the on the on the courthouses. And for them to seek for justice, and uh, with time, we're also going to correct the laws. But right. at least justice. Rod, Reuven, Bryant, look at you. You're, you're so bright. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> what, what did you put in your teacup? Oh, I just came awake. I was asleep in the first 15 minutes. I just realized we're doing a show. What are you talking about? Hey. No, I, 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 let me add something else. It's really important. Um, uh, the idea that, and I, I wanted to explain this because as soon as I heard Ira and you, Rob, talk about uh, sort of the, the Sheva Mitzvot, the seven categories and the laws that are associated with it. The best way I can describe that is this. If you can imagine the Sheva Mitzvot are uh, the seven categories, and to understand how to follow through on those categories, you have to find out the specifics that are, are spoken about within the Tanakh. Very specific laws, it says, for example, uh, to not conduct sexual immorality. Well, how in the heck am I going to define that? Do I define it by the standards in Vegas? Do I define it by the standards in Montreal? Or do I define it based on the laws of God in which he gives instructions to the Israelite people? This is how you conduct your life. That's the point. So if you want to know, there are a lot more laws than just seven. These are seven categories. And you have plenty of things to study uh, without having to convert to Judaism. And we're not saying that the world would be better if everyone was Jewish. I, I think we all kind of know what the deal, 
what the reality would still be. We still wouldn't be agreeing with each other on very many things. But the idea is if the world was Jewish, that still wouldn't solve the problem. We still need to connect with God. So, Thank you so much. You you are our resident expert, Rod, on this. So why don't you uh, talk to the people a little bit about um, Nativ? I just put up your... Uh... Oh, okay. Uh, Nativ was started uh, back in 2012. Uh, sometime uh, right around the me launching out of being a evangelical pastor. And I started teaching very simple Parsha studies for a group of a handful of people. And over a few months and years, it has grown to have somewhere around 10,500 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, uh, we have uh, over 500 people subscribed to the monthly Yeshiva course for the B'nai Noach. I just found out today, uh, Baruch Hashem, that Torah Anytime is going to start putting some of those lectures on their site. And I'm I'm just surprised that they would do that. But Baruch Hashem, the, the yeshiva uh, head, is the one who arranged that and made some great uh, in inroads. Uh, we were involved with uh, UN with a, a GN, a GM, uh, what do you call it, an NGO that is to promote justice in the world and religious freedom. We think that people as Noahides, we have a mission, and that is to bring positive change in the world. And if you want to make a positive change, first start by studying and expanding your mind and your soul. And we'd love you to join us on the TIV online. All the class information is on there. All you have to do is fill out the form, and we'll set you up. We hope to see you in our one of our six classes per week. I appreciate that. Thanks for letting me say that. Recommended. Recommend okay, Muna.com. That's our website. Myself and my friends are joining and helping. Great content, very, very um, healthy to the spirit and to the soul, um, freeing information from all fears and anxieties and pressure of this um, world um, and lifetime. And um, many books that um, I wrote and um, illustrated and other thousands of classes please join us and watch and enjoy our services as well and if you'd like to know more about me you can find my website at kabbalaproject.com kabbalah spelled like that kabbalaproject.com no spaces and my book is available the science of kabbalah if you'd like to learn more about Kabbalah, how it relates to science and connects to science, this is a great book for you to add to your library as well. Recommended as well. Recommended. <laughs> Recommended as well. well we want to great. thank everybody for being with us as usual. Yes. And Rav Jorah, take us out with a bracha, please. Yes. May Hashem open the gates of wisdom in our hearts for us to love each other as the Maker loves us and that His endless amount of love that shines within us affect our surroundings in a healing way for us to be able to be a source of light for them, source of inspiration and to be surrounded with them in the great redemption day with all our beloved ones. Amen. 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 Amen.